1: Have you ever been made to feel less than human based on your weight? If so, this episode is for you. Welcome back to Savvy Psychologist. I'm your host, Dr. Monica Johnson. Every week on this show, I'll help you face life's challenges with evidence-based approaches, a sympathetic ear, and zero judgment. I've been following the news around Lizzo and the sizest and racist comments she has endured. Keeping it real and honest here, I was a proud, fat, and black woman myself until about two years ago. I'd been obese since before I could walk, my weight topping out at 417 pounds. So this is a topic that I relate to both personally and professionally, as do many of my patients who struggle with weight and body image issues. I've enjoyed seeing Lizzo being confident and happy in her body. I'm also disappointed that we live in a world where the truth of this self-love feels novel, and the idea that someone could be fat and love themselves is still controversial. I want to be abundantly clear that a human self-worth does not have an inverse relationship with a number on a scale. So today, we're going to talk about the effects of sizism and how to deal with it in your personal life. So what is sizism? Let's start by defining some terms. I will be using the term fat. As fat people have been working to reclaim the word and eliminate the stigma attached, I want to convey that fat is not a dirty word. Sizism or weight stigma is defined as prejudice or discrimination based on a person's size or weight the terms overweight and obesity are medical terms that are usually defined by your body mass index, or BMI. You are categorized as overweight if your BMI is between 25 to 29.9 and obese at a BMI of 30 or higher. BMI is a flawed measurement, especially for people of color, but it is deeply ingrained in our medical system. I'm not here to argue that morbid obesity doesn't have negative effects on physical health. What I am here to argue is that sizism and its negative effects need to be equally addressed. One can't make assumptions about someone's health based solely on their size or BMI. An individual's health is determined by a myriad of factors and is best explored between them and their hopefully unbiased health providers. What are the effects of sizism? Here's some of the latest research on sizism that you may have missed because it doesn't get as much airtime as diet culture or judgmental comments. According to researchers, weight stigma can trigger physiological and behavioral changes. When study participants were manipulated to experience weight stigma, their food consumption increased, their ability to self-regulate decreased, and cortisol, a hormone related to weight gain, levels increased. On the mental health side, those who had perceived weight stigma also experienced low self-esteem, poor psychosocial functioning, Binge eating, depression, anxiety, and psychological distress. Researchers have also discovered a link between weight stigma and avoidance of exercise. Some people believe that we can shame people into losing weight, but the facts don't support that tactic. Instead, as the research I just outlined shows... All sizeism does is add additional psychological and physiological stress. This makes it difficult for stigmatized individuals to lose weight if they want or need to. Not only do fat people face discrimination in their everyday lives, but they also face sizeism from the medical community. Fat patients report weight discrimination in healthcare settings, which leads them to avoid routine preventative healthcare. Studies of doctors have also shown a strong explicit and implicit anti-fat bias. High levels of bias were even found in medical professionals specializing in obesity-related issues. What did this bias look like? Medical professionals endorse explicit anti-fat sentiments like fat people are worthless and endorsed negative stereotypes of patients with obesity like the terms bad, lazy, and weak-willed. They also noted feeling less respect for obese patients and were more likely to report them as a waste of time. Sizeism has direct and observable consequences for the quality of care and nature of services provided to fat people, which only leads to higher rates of poor health in fat people. In my review of the literature, one article hit home for me. It found that one in six physicians expressed reluctance to perform pelvic exams on obese women. When I was in grad school, I had an issue with dysfunctional uterine bleeding. I was reluctant to go to the doctor, even in my early 20s. I'd already had terrible experiences with medical professionals. I also came from a poor background and was on Medicaid, so my options were limited when it came to choosing my providers. However, my problem was so severe that I went in for care. In the several months I saw a gynecologist, not once did he request to perform a pelvic exam. In fact, he did no physical exam whatsoever. Instead, he gave me a prescription that didn't solve the problem and provided no other treatment alternatives. One fateful Wednesday morning, I went in to see him to review my symptoms, which were worsening. He sang me the same old song, despite the fact that I'd been bleeding heavily for about eight months on a daily basis. That afternoon, I went to stats class, and when I stood up to leave the class, I felt a sensation. I looked down, and it was the hallway scene from The Shining. I am incredibly thankful for the friends who supported me that day, and for the hospital workers who examined me and finally provided me with care alternatives. This is just one story, but I hope it illustrates that sizeism has real consequences. If you're on a GLP-1, you're probably loving the results.
0: You look good, but how do you feel? How about the stomach issues? loss of muscle mass, lacking energy, all of those side effects can take a toll. So now what? The answer is GNC. We have solutions that can help address those side effects and make sure you don't get knocked off your path. Because when it comes to living healthy, we're all about it. And that includes keeping you going on your GLP-1 journey. GNC. Start a 30-day free trial at WalmartPlus.com.
1: Paramount Plus is central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. So, how to deal with sizism? Sizeism is another form of discrimination and should be treated as such. I recall sessions I've had with patients who, like Lizzo, are both BIPOC and fat. When I've made the comparison to racial discrimination, it's blown their minds. For instance, I may have a proud Black patient who is fat and readily uses coping skills to deal with racial trauma. Despite strong anti-Black sentiments around her, she has a strong, unshakable sense of racial identity. Where's the gap? Essentially, it comes down to the fact that she has a community of people who taught her how to be Black in a hostile society. But no one has ever taught her how to be fat, love herself, and cope with the negative societal impact. My best piece of advice for those dealing with sizism is to borrow strategies used for other forms of discrimination, like race, sexuality, gender, or religion, and modify them for your fatness. You are allowed to take up space and be seen. You're not too fat for that outfit. Your health care or employment should not be negatively influenced by your size. Surround yourself with supportive people. By supportive, I don't mean people who enable truly unhealthy behaviors. What I mean is communities of people who don't judge your self-worth based on your size and instead encourage you to be holistically healthy. If you use social media, consider who you follow. Do you focus on pages that display classically thin people or ones that focus on diet and exercise with the sole goal of getting as thin as possible? Swap those out for pages of individuals of various sizes who engage in healthy activities and illustrate that you can have a fashion sense that matches your personality and not one that's deemed socially appropriate by traditional beauty standards. For me, This included following the likes of Gabby Fresh or Jessamyn Stanley. If it is difficult for you to think of positive body affirmations on a daily basis, it's hard for all of us, focus on the function of your body. For example, I might thank my body for carrying me up three flights of stairs or for my ability to touch my toes. This is an alternative way to develop a sense of pride or acceptance of yourself. Promote being healthy, not being thin. If you're a parent, friend, healthcare provider, or really any person on the planet, openly teach messages that promote being healthy and not ones that idealize thinness. Find healthcare professionals who include your weight as a single factor in your health and work with you to create a truly comprehensive wellness plan to improve your mental and physical state. If your provider's go-to response to a medical condition is to tell you to lose weight, here's a question I love to ask. If I wasn't fat, what would you recommend for me? That doesn't mean a healthy diet and exercise isn't a part of your plan, but it means you consider all the relevant factors to improve your health. Regardless of whether you remain fat for the entirety of your life or lose weight, you deserve to be treated with dignity in all aspects of your life. You're allowed to seek happiness. Sizism is largely based on our perception of size, not our actual weight or health. For example, I have lost more than 200 pounds. I was obese when I started losing weight, and I'm still considered to be obese today based on my BMI. Despite the fact that I'm still an obese person by medical definition, most people do not perceive me as being overweight or obese, and I don't experience the same kind of discrimination as I once did. If you want to see some of the ways I use my body to benefit my mental and physical fortitude, head over to my Instagram at kindmindpsych, where I've posted pictures. Let me know your struggles with sizeism as well via my email, psychologist at quickanddirtytips.com, or leave me a voicemail at 929-256-2191. The Savvy Psychologist is a Quick and Dirty Tips podcast. It's audio engineered by Steve Rickyberg, with script editing by Adam Cecil. Our operations and editorial manager is Michelle Margulis. Our assistant manager is Emily Miller. And our marketing and publicity assistant is Davina Tomlin. Follow Savvy Psychologist on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you have a question you'd like me to answer, you can email me at psychologist at quickanddirtytips.com. You can also leave me a message at 929-256-2191. Be sure to tell me if it's okay to use your voice on the show. That's all for this week's episode of Savvy Psychologist. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next week.